This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We have a different kind of episode today, as we will be switching roles, and I will be as a guest, while Biomechanics of Our Minds podcasts Melissa Boswell and Hannah O'Day will be hosting the show. We are going to be talking about how Physical Activity Researcher podcast got started, what funny things have happened along the way, and how great and nice people researchers are. And here are the hosts, Melissa and Hannah. Um, so uh, thanks for being with us, Ali. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Would you mind just giving a brief uh, background of who you are and, and your, re- and your uh, podcast? Yeah. So I'm, I'm Olli. I'm from Finland. I'm almost from the Arctic Circle. I'm, I'm from a place called Kajani. It's two hours south from Arctic Circle and it might sound interesting but it's pretty dark in the winter so I think that's probably have affected my my mind quite a bit but I have survived the darkness and and been able to start doing a podcast and I've been studying in in a place called Uvascula. I've been studying biomechanics, exercise physiology, and my major was sport coaching and and fitness testing. And I did my PhD about daily daily muscle activity. And during the end of my PhD, I started a, a startup company called Fibion with two of my university colleagues and. I think that's that's my story this far. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, do you have any? I I think those those two things that you said that there's a lot of darkness, and you study physical inactivity, and so I was wondering if you have some tips for how you stay active with the increasing darkness. And it sounds like it's probably also very cold by you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if I'm best person to give advices, but yeah, you have inside places, although now most of them are closed, but in normal times you can you can do your activity inside and and I like to go away during the darkest months. So usually I just leave the darkness and, and go go silent or somewhere else, which is which is usually my tactic to do it but i i don't have any super good tips for you unfortunately <laughs> that's right i was just curious kind of what you do for that but yeah that's good to know things getting out of the darkness sounds like a good strategy to deal with the darkness <laughs> <laughs> um so ollie thanks for sharing your background with us um we're wondering you've you know, you've started this startup and um, company, and um, you also have this awesome podcast going. What made you start the podcast? What, what just why did you start the part podcast? Yeah, that's that's a good question. 
I've always liked the science. I've always liked the discussion, the debating kind of synthesis of of the information. I'm not maybe the biggest fan of peer review process or or analysis or spending all your time with the with the Excel spreadsheets. So I think for me the science and the discussion part is is the best part and it's usually usually missing from many of the researchers' work. So I, I think it's a, it's a really nice nice way of doing science without doing doing the actual research work that much. Yeah, that's that's such a good point and a good way to think about it. It doesn't really feel like work that much when you're podcasting, uh, despite the time it may take it. Yeah, um, it just doesn't doesn't have that sort of uh, additional like you have to do it or something like that. It, it's more more fun. Maybe we could even think about that and how we can bring that into a normal work setting. Um, but yeah, so maybe you can talk a little bit about how long you have been podcasting and some of your biggest learnings from doing that. Yeah, I think now, I think I started one and a half years ago. And I think it's it's quite amazing. Like you just order a microphone and it gets to your home in a few days. You plug it in. And you make few clicks, you can record audio, and then you can publish and get it out. And I, I think that was amazing. The first episode, I just called to my friend that come for a coffee and, and I put the microphone on and we recorded the first episode. And I, I recorded a few episodes with my friends. And then I was like, all right, I will just try and send emails to, to well-known researchers around the world. And I was really surprised when they actually said yes. And I, I was like, oh, I, I need to learn to do this, actually. And I, I don't know if I have learned it, but it has gone gone all right. And I was really surprised how well people said yes and and give their time and and give give their support for the podcast. So So that's been really, really nice aspect. Yeah, that is really nice. I'm curious... I, I think we've had the same experience where we've been very surprised at how uh, quickly and how uh, people are so willing to be on the podcast and say yes. And I'm curious if there's anything you think you did when reaching out to people that made them more likely to say yes, that maybe um, other people could gain some uh, advice from when sort of blindly reaching out to people. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not sure how how, how did I do. I, I should check back my emails, but I think I just tried to explain that it doesn't take much of their time. So basically, and that they are they are the experts, so they don't really need to prepare. They know already the substance. That it's just kind of kind of informal chat that we record. They don't need to prepare anything. It's easy for them. So. It's easier from the for them time wise, and then just kind of asking for a favor if they could could be part. So I think I think it's just that, and I try to keep the email short. I know people don't have too much time, so I just try to go to the point, and and then if people said yes, then being flexible, arranging the time, and just giving them good information how to how to do it, how to avoid the the technic technical glitches and so on. 
For most sedentary behavior and physical activity researchers, collecting the research data is one of the most frustrating steps of a project. This is why we devised a revolutionary new way to collect data. Fibian Sense Motion is a cutting-edge, next-generation system that allows you to easily and remotely collect, store, and manage data. Our solution features a tiny, waterproof device that captures the sedentary behavior and physical activity data, a mobile app for automatic uploading of the data from the device, and a cloud service for managing the data. Even better, all collected data is GDPR compliant, and you have access to automatically analyzed variables of activity types and raw 3-axis accelerometer data. Discover the convenience and power behind our solution at sense.fibian.com. That is s-e-n-s dot Fibian, created by researchers for researchers. Those are all <laughs> super, super great points. I think um, telling people that it's, you know, that it's not going to be a huge time sink for them and that they're just going to get to share something they're passionate about. Those are great tips for um, what to highlight in your in your emails where you're asking people to give some of their, you know, precious time to this. Um, and, and I'm curious, it's often true that the interviewee doesn't have to prepare too much because as you noted they're the expert but you as the interviewer must have to do a lot of background work i know melissa and i are often you know we share a google doc and are doing some research and coming up with questions together and it's really nice to have the shared responsibility of you know coming up with questions from different perspectives and things like that i'm curious how you find that process. How do you come up with the questions for your interview, for your interviews, and um, what kind of research does that involve? Mm. That's that's a great question, and and I think it has uh, varied a lot. And and when it's when it's a subject that I know something at least, it's close to my my field of study. I I try to make questions. I try to think like kind of new questions that haven't been haven't been asked and so on but if it's something i don't know much for example autism and if i start to kind of studying autism and try to make good questions it, it, i probably still don't know enough to ask good questions so then i don't actually prepare too much but i just try to kind of ask the stupid questions because probably listeners don't know too much about autism either so i'm just kind of trying to ask the questions that probably the listeners would be would be asking kind of how do you define autism what kind of different ones you have and so on so i think it's it depends a lot and sometimes i have prepared well and it has gone bad and sometimes i haven't prepared well and it has gone good so it's i'm not sure how to how to do it sometimes it's just nice to go with the flow and you just listen what the person says and you ask like in a in a coffee table discussion so I, i'm not sure how to, how you should actually do it yeah that's a great point i love this idea of going with the flow and also asking asking the what you call the dumb questions um because i think i remember one time someone asked hannah and i like uh do you 
what kind of level do you podcast at? Is it is it very technical? And we're like, well, you know, a lot of times we don't understand the details of the research from the people that we're interviewing. So from that perspective, we can't have it even be very technical because we're just trying to understand it as the listeners are understanding it, which sounds like uh, something you do sometimes as well. And you mentioned that, um, you know, sometimes it has gone bad. And I'm, I'm curious if you have any uh, examples of when that might have happened. So Hannah and I, this kind of relates to how we love talking about failure. So um, maybe a time that you feel like it went bad, but what you've learned from that. Yeah, that's a good good question. I think there's many examples when it hasn't gone gone too well. I think one was that when the pandemic started, we were supposed actually to go for a month to UK. So we had rented out our apartment and then we couldn't go to UK, so we ended up to to summer cottage. And unfortunately internet didn't work probably very very well inside the cottage so I, I ended up driving my camper van in the yard of the neighbors and then I think my recording was early in the morning because uh, my guests were from Australia and and I didn't have any heating in the camper van so it was it was really cold morning it was I think probably March in Finland and I had all my winter clothes on. I was inside the sleeping bag and and then we had some delay and I had first time like two guests at the same time. So so it was quite quite interesting. I was kind of taking my hands out from the sleeping bag, putting the microphone on and then trying to manage the discussion and, and the delay was making it difficult. So it's, I, I think it's a funny story now. It wasn't that funny when I was doing it. Yeah, I could see how this would definitely be one of those times where looking back on it is a lot funnier than in the moment. And yeah, I can't imagine because I think already uh, just having a delay is challenging, but also being so cold and actually doing the podcast from your sleeping bag Um I'm just very impressed that you were able to even carry out that episode. Uh, so that's awesome. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Melissa and I have had conditions like that ever. <laughs> oh, wait, there was one time where there was like traffic. I was like at a Starbucks trying to record outside and there was like a crazy person talking on the phone, like nearby, like just, I shouldn't say, I should say they were angry on the phone. And so that was going on. And, yeah. And I remember uh, an ambulance went by. You could just, you could just, yeah. it felt like we were in a Starbucks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Something else I wanted to ask about Ollie. So on our podcast or through our podcast, I guess we have different um, types of episodes. So we have the main episode, we have bonus episodes, and then we have um, what we're doing with student voices where we have other students come on and host an episode. And I think that you, you've had kind of a new podcast emerge. I don't know if you would call it like a series of the physical activity researcher or just a new podcast that has come from it um, about meaningful sport. And I was wondering if you could just touch on on what that podcast is and how it came about. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so that's I. I'm not doing the meaningful sport series. Nora, Nora Ronkainen is doing that, and and she's doing kind of research related to that. And and she wanted to start start podcasting, and and we just thought that it would fit well within the physical activity researcher podcast. There would be synergies for this so so that's that's kind of a short story how how it started oh i was just gonna say that i loved that you just used the word synergies um and how that is such a biomechanics term but also such a perfect term for you know your energy flowing with another person or, or just kind of it the initiatives working and paralleling together Mm. and and it's it's actually really nice with the podcast that there's there's no rules in a way you can do whatever you want with with your your podcast with the, for example when you're doing scientific publications there's a really strict rules how you can do and and with podcasting we can both publish this episode for example you can have different serious you can try different things you can go live so i think the the freedom is is really nice part than being being creative yeah that's such a good point um just having that freedom to to move in the direction that you want to move and i've also i've enjoyed listening to the physical activity researcher podcast and i i totally agree that the meaningful sport podcast has a great synergy with it and i think it brings in some ideas that i, I feel are are really exciting in terms of finding the meaning and movement and um, the value of it and, and how it helps us connect with ourselves and connect with each other and, and the world. And so um, it's been fun to hear some of those ideas resonate through the podcast and um, with Nora as well. Um, yeah, yeah. If I, if I add here, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's a great series. I think the only downside is that it makes my episodes sound boring. So <laughs> that's that's the only problem with the, with the meaningful sports series. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, but it could, I think that's honestly an advantage of getting to collaborate, as you say, in the podcast platform being so open and free is being able to kind of see where oh, something doesn't feel as fresh anymore or an idea you were excited about and that worked a while ago might need to just kind of be reframed. So I think you mentioned, yeah, this freedom to constantly be changing or updating or um, getting to do what you want with your podcast. And I think that's um, that is a really exciting part. I'm wondering if there are other sort of best parts of podcasting that you'd like to share with us. Mm. I don't know if I mentioned already, I, I think it's really great to be able to talk with clever people. It's it's so nice to nice to have the discussions, be able to challenge them. They usually have a really long experience, great knowledge. So I think it's it's just absolutely great to be able to uh talk with these people. And then I think the nice thing is the fast feedback from the stats that you actually see how many people have been listening in which countries. So it's very nice that you get immediate feedback if you compare it to writing a scientific paper. It takes so much time and and you don't know if anyone is is even reading it. And, and with the podcasting, you get 
kind of immediate um, feedback and and I think it's also also great from equality point of view that when you when you look the podcast app you see like BBC there and you, all these big pro- broadcasters you see Conan O'Brien and then you can see your own podcast there so you have kind of same possibilities as uh, national broadcasters with big stars so I, I think it's really really nice that anyone can do do podcast basically so I, I think that's that's a great great part of, of podcasting yes we totally agree I feel like there's so much in that answer that that resonates with us in terms of being able to talk to amazing people and then having feedback and and being able to reach a really broad audience is is very exciting. I'm curious when you were saying being able to to get feedback right away and and who's listening and um I I was wondering if there are any if there's any episode in particular that or somebody that you've talked to that's been just really exciting for you and uh, or maybe has gotten some really positive feedback if there's any and whether that's like something in particular about an episode like the the guest or just like a, a general theme that you've noticed about an episode where it gets really positive feedback mm, that's that's a good question and and when I said feedback usually you get the feedback from the statistics that you see how many people listened and when you when you actually started podcasting you didn't get really any feedback from the people like directly so you didn't really know if they are even real listeners that <laughs> if people are listening actually or it's a bot that is just right <laughs> going through your podcast so I, I think in the beginning you are you are in the blind and you just put out episodes and you're doubting a little bit that it's not very good probably no one is listening these are just fake statistics and and only later on you start to hear something from people and and I think still you don't hear too much feedback I think people are are busy they don't write too much but um yeah so I think it has gone quite a bit like that and and you asked about a team I'm not sure about that usually I like the I like the discussions most when I can kind of ask tough questions and and be creative and I have had really good recordings for example people who are who are studying the brain because it's more interesting because we don't really understand the brain too well so you can actually ask more difficult questions than than many other researchers in different fields we're gonna go to the flip side and talk about what are some of maybe the challenges of podcasting that you faced um, in your in your time doing it? Mm, yeah. Um, I, I, I think basically it's it's been really good. It's been really encouraging, really positive. I think the biggest downside, it, it takes some time. So finding the time actually to to do the recordings, edit and, and publish, I think that's the that's the biggest thing and of course you probably know it also that you cannot listen any audio anymore without paying attention to to the sound quality so so it's it's difficult now you listening whether these reverb mouth clicks whatnot so so it, it takes away some of the 
other podcast because you pay too much attention to the to the sound quality. But yeah, I, I think there's not many many downsides. It's it's really really just more more upsides. Yeah, I think we totally agree with that. With there just being much more upsides and downsides. Um, and I guess I'm I'm curious too how you think that this has maybe influenced you as a researcher of uh, being a podcast host and, and talking to different people if it's you know influenced your personal life and uh, your experiences outside of the podcast. So I, I haven't been doing research too much uh, last year so I've been more working on my my company so i have i have had some like hobby project in in research which are mainly just uh, nice people a nice group that we have done some some research mainly as as hobby but i haven't been doing research so probably it hasn't affected me as as a researcher but what would i say yeah i i think it's just it gives you really positive like you said that researchers are are very willing to help and they are really encouraging so i have really felt that i have learned that how how nice people actually are so that has been a, a good learning experience from podcasting how willing people are to help you yeah that's that's a great point it definitely makes you yeah reflect on how much support you're getting so that's that's really great to hear um i'm wondering what you are most excited about for the future of your podcast or podcasting in general um or both yeah i i think like i think trying different formats would be would be really nice it's it's such a free platform that you can be really really creative so i have some ideas for for new formats and would like to try like you said that you have tried the live episodes i think that would be would be a really nice challenge to try try going live and and i have done a few episodes of this um, expert opinion where you just asking one question from different experts and then compiling them together so that's that's one and and yeah I, I think the main thing would be trying different formats and see see how people like them that's awesome i think my mic can you guys hear me okay? it sounds crazy to me but I, ollie does it how does it sound to you it sounds crazy to me also yeah so how do you how do you see the role of podcasting in science communication um more more generally i think it's it's much needed there's there's so much scientific papers and if you if you look some of the statistics that many of the papers haven't haven't been read like just few times so i think in science it would be good that we actually discuss and synthesize the knowledge more than actually just produce the papers which unfortunately is the incentive for for many of the researchers at the moment and and it's even though we have google we have artificial intelligence i think humans are still great 
condensing knowledge and getting it out. So when you actually have a guest who have done research on some theme for 40 years, it's amazing how how much information they have and how much wisdom they can put in it. So I, I think it's I think it's very important in science communications that we ha- we give the great researchers kind of opportunity to talk and say say their opinion and and maybe challenge them a bit more because in science scientific publications they really need to have the evidence and they cannot speculate much but i think it's important also to to speculate in different different formats and 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 another thing is that we have evolved listening discussions so it's it's a very natural form of of getting information and i i think it's really really good good format for people to to listen and and learn. I totally agree. I think your point of being able to communicate the amazing research that people are doing, especially people that have spent, you know, their whole lives doing amazing research and have so much to offer and so so much many valuable insights that, you know, is not are not always shared with the community because I I think Sometimes it's hard as researchers, you're doing so much work uh, already in your research and trying to publish. And and then it, it just is this an additional um, effort to try to then communicate the research to um, a non-technical audience. And so I think you're right in that podcasting provides this opportunity for someone else to have a conversation with uh, researchers and and ask about their research and and kind of translate it into uh, a format that is accessible to people. Um, so I really appreciate the work that you're doing for that in in your podcast. Um, and if people want to learn more about your podcast and listen or learn more about you, how can how can they do that? Yeah, so so the name of the podcast is The Physical Activity Researcher and you should be able to find it basically on all podcast apps from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and so on. So just type the type the name in in your preferred podcast app and you should be able to find it. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And do you have any final thoughts or comments uh before we before we wrap up yeah i always ask my guest for the final remarks and when when you <laughs> ask me i i don't know That's <laughs> what, what, I what was to surprised. say i have never been <laughs> <laughs> when we had our interview right before this and you asked us and i was like i i don't know i didn't think that far ahead uh so now we're putting you on the spot in the same way <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it it has been a pleasure to do, to talk with you, Melissa and Hannah. It's always nice to kind of share inside um, insights from from podcasting. So it was it was really nice to have this discussion and opportunity with you. So so I think that's it. And and for your podcast, keep keep doing the good work. It's it's great that you have the 
of the podcast. Yeah, well, we can definitely say the same for you. Thank you for all that you do. And thanks for sharing your insights with us. And we're excited to keep listening to the Physical Activity Researcher podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes. So be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.